This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast, your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to talk everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, I regret to ask you, but how are you feeling? I don't want to gloat. I don't want to. When did you get so humble all of a sudden? (laughs) It's just... When you beat up on your little brother for the twentieth time, what the hell else are you supposed to do? Ha ha! Very funny. Oh <laughs> <laughs> God! I was saying before we started recording, I was hoping our schedules would not line up this week, yeah. and we would have to send out a tweet saying we regret to inform you that we were not able to put an episode out, but we will be back on Sunday for our pregame show. Yeah, but here we wish. are, and I'm going to have to talk about this Bears Packers. Well, and I think that's exactly why I don't want to gloat because it's not like this was a, a good Bears team that we beat that like it was like a, a battle where, where Roger – I mean Rodgers did – it was a battle and Rodgers did show out in the end. But it, like it's not like nothing is, is, is fun or impressive coming from the Bears right now. And that's why this sucks is that like you've made me in some sick and twisted way start to semi-care about this Bears team and and nothing's fun about it. Nothing at all. I, but we're, we're we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> I will never under, I will never understand your brain. That's all I will say about that. But let's uh, <laughs> let's start as we always do. Before we get into this uh, this Bears Packers game, we will talk about the best thing we saw this week. And how about you start us off? Yeah, uh, best thing I saw. We're going to talk more basketball and give you our full season preview next week. But I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge that the ring and the banner ceremony to open up the the season happened a few nights ago. And what a time it was. You had the name was escaping me and I feel like I'm failing at my Milwaukee fandom here, but the the radio host guy wearing the, I love Giannis shirt when, when during the parade, Giannis was wearing the, I love, and it was his face. And the mm. name is blanking me and it's going to piss me off. You're going to say it. And that, cause I know you're Googling it right now, but it just was such a fun party all around. The ring looks beautiful. The banner looks beautiful. Giannis was like on the, t- on the verge of crying. Him and his brother were partying it up. Bobby Portis had the picture of the year, like just like looking at his ring like all wide-eyed <laughs> and like total bobby face it was it was just i mean and and the team went out and destroyed albeit a Kyrie less nets but the nets anyways and regardless kept, picked right off where they left off kevin durant Giannis might have Harden. developed a jump shot like mm-hmm. I, and actually a good one that's not like the one that not the one that made me want to rip my hair out every third time he attempted in the postseason last year yeah. i mean you couldn't ask for a better night to, to unveil mm-hmm. that. And it, it just, I, you know, I, I wish I was back there. <laughs> it was yeah. an incredible night to watch on TV and take in though. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks. Okay. The Bucks radio announcer you're thinking of is Ted Davies. And mm. I think that's, I mean, that's the one I found online. Actually, at least when I looked you, it up. That is, you're correct, but it might have been actually the Bucks PA in, in the stadium announcer. Mm. Okay. But I think the Bucks 
we'll get into it. You know, we, like we said, we're going to do our basketball, full basketball preview roundup, all that next week. But I think the Bucks are better than they were last year. And I think they showcased that on Tuesday. Uh, what an awesome way to start the season, kicking the hell out of the, the nets. And Giannis is only 26 years old, already a first ballot hall of famer and is only getting better from here. And it's terrifying. Literally only getting better. It's yeah. It, terrifying is the right word. Cause that's that jump shot that he just pulled up and just, I, it was effortless. I mean, it was honestly, uh, I don't know. I just, I, my jaw dropped. My jaw literally mm-hmm. dropped. Yeah. It was incredible he's, to watch. I mean, he's spectacular, but that that's nothing new. My best thing we saw all week. Let's stick with the theme of champions. Let's stick with the theme of basketball banners, rings, all of that. Chicago has a new champion. The best Ooh. team in the city Good plays, at Win- plays at Wintrust Arena, and they are the Chicago Sky. Big shout out to the Chicago Sky winning their first ever WNBA title. Uh, won it last Sunday in Chicago in front of a sold-out arena um, with a bevy of celebrities and Bulls players and Everyone who's who of Chicago names front row to watch a team led by Chicago's own Candace Parker bring home a championship to a city that has kid. Yeah, that has long supported this team, a team that has been has had its ups and downs. Um, Five years ago, they were in the finals, uh, got swept. Um, Two players that were still left from that team, Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot have grown have become even better than they were back then and they learn from their mistakes they came in as a six seed and finish as nba wmba excuse me champions really awesome to see and really cool because the wmba had its highest viewership of a w of a finals in like five years um just super awesome people were really supporting it it was great games very exciting they set a record for biggest margin of victory in game three and then in closing out with game four they had to actually make a double digit comeback um and candace parker had a huge three to tie the game kalia copper came through WNBA finals mvp just really all around great to see especially in a time where chicago sports are kind of in this like weird you know, like the White Sox just got eliminated. The Bears are the Bears. The Cubs, you know, I, I try not to talk the about them. Yeah, <laughs> the Bulls are making their way back. But to see a team come out and win a championship in front of the home fans in Chicago, really awesome. And, you know, just a huge kudos to the Chicago Sky. Um, only up from here. Only up from here. Really awesome. Sky's the limit. You know, if I may <laughs> say so myself. Good one. Good one. The, 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 no, I just, the women's game, anytime it gets shout out, soccer, basketball, it just feels like a really fun time, especially when, I mean, and you, what you see the commercial, uh, it's an Adidas commercial, I believe, with all the Adidas greats getting together and talking about Candace's story. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you don't, they don't reveal that it's Candace until the end, but like when you, when you hear what she's done as an athlete, like there's possibly no name more dominant than what she is. Like 
I mean, it's it's an incredible, incredible story. And the fact that it came home to Chicago and won them the title, a, a really, really feel-good story all around. Yeah. Wow, a bunch of championship winners. The name I was thinking of is Jim Paschke. And like I said, I wanted to punch myself oh, as soon as I – Oh, Paschke. That's he's, it. And the, the, he's the TV announcer. He's for Valley Forge, Wisconsin. But Got um, it. There was a, there was a, it's a three-picture shirt. Oh, I'm, I'm showing you now. Giannis is on, at the, at the uh, parade wearing – a I heart gym. And it was when they honored him for his 35th anniversary last year. Um, so he was rewearing it on the championship night. And then it has, it's with the gym is Jim's face. And then, so Jim had one remade and it says I heart and it's Giannis's face. And he was announcing the, all the members as they came onto their floor to receive their ring and, and him and Giannis shared a big hug and, and had a little moment you know, Giannis pointed the shirt and laughed and Jim was very proud of it. And the camera got a good shot of it. It was just really fun. But yeah, really no, cool. two, I, I can't wait for that. The sky, I feel like the sky one is going to be just as raucous. Like I just can't, yeah. it's an awesome, awesome story. That team. Mm-hmm. Big, big fan uh, of everything they're doing. And, and Candace Parker coming home, doing exactly what she said she wanted her to do in the first season. She's back. So awesome to have her uh, on our side. Lots of fun, you know, obviously, but uh, let's get into uh, the not so fun. And that is well, for what you. happened on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You Okay. <laughs> all right. All of a sudden now we want to talk about how fun it was. All of a sudden. Um, but Sunday. It's fun. I just don't want to gloat about it for forever. Sunday, Bears, Packers. Yeah, just started out pretty hot for the Bears, but ended up falling as is tradition, uh, 24 to 10 to the Packers in a game that was kind of brutal to watch at points um, in several different facets. But yeah, just Bears couldn't put it together. Uh, started out, like I said, started out hot. First drive, went 10 plays, 80 yards, uh, scored on a Khalil Herbert touchdown. Uh, Justin Fields made some great throws. And that's where I want to start is the is the Khalil Herbert uh, debut as a starter and just showing out. 19 rushes, 97 yards, a touchdown, had another one taken away on a phantom holding penalty. And, yeah, I mean, this kid looks legit, and we might have a three-headed monster in our midst. The, yeah. the combination oh, yeah. of, of Montgomery, Damian Williams, and Herbert, if we can have all three of those guys – incorporated into our game plan once they're all healthy and you know able to play that could be game changing especially for the development of of fields as he kind of slowly gets more incorporated with the nfl game the speed everything to have those three guys to kind of lean on that's massive and we've seen mm -hmm. yeah we've seen how how well the run game has done this season for the bears um they've out ran uh their their passing game in every in every game so far. I think this game was not the case, but it was still. I mean, still our best performer on the day was our was our running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Herbert was part of why that first drive looked so so menacing. And I think I think that was all, that eighty yard drive you aforementioned was also sandwiched in between two Packers four and outs. It really was not mm-hmm. a good start for Packers fans. Um, and 
I want to just call back. Um, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn, especially when it's calling for the ending of somebody's job. But I, I think, I think this really truly spells the end for Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I been out. Right. There's been no sign of him returning to practice yet. And you've had guys coming off the street that are in in the mold of him, or not off the street. He drafted Herbert, but Daryl was a free agent pickup, um, and have done exactly what he's done. And mm-hmm. and it's a really really productive. <clears throat> position and excuse me almost compliment to the offense that like they can find that type and make it uber productive like like herbert was fun to watch in this game mm-hmm. i mean I, I, you know you can even take daryl out of the mix i don't know what his contract situation damian. is damon damian thank you i'm confusing his his former kansas city brethren who's still yes. there damian william i feel like he's on a short-term deal let me look here but you can take him out of the mix and you, you have even Herbert and, and Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. And yeah. that alone is, is enough to really get you excited. I mean, totally. Uh, it's um, yeah, no, I just, the incredibly productive run game. And as you said, going forward for, for fields development, which I think um, this game proved that that's, and if we didn't all know already that that's the main focus of the season and nothing really else is going to happen from this bears season is that that's like that's huge like to have an outlet like that to just rely on in the screen game get the pressure off you uh pass rush wise because you can get a, a, a explosive run out of them at any time like just big time yeah i mean and and especially because i mean williams obviously has been doing well so far he's you know about to be 30 years old but then you have montgomery 24 and Her- herbert 23 i mean if you can hold on to those guys for the foreseeable future and then have your 22-year-old quarterback uh, under center, that's a good little foundation you've got uh, in that backfield. And especially a a guy like Justin Fields who can use his legs. We saw it on Sunday. uh, Who can use his legs when necessary and when designed for it. So to have that kind of rushing attack is is very exciting for the Bears' offense. And it's really the only part of the offense that I was excited about on Sunday. And Damian is a free agent after this year. It's only a one-year deal that he signed. So – so yeah, you could be looking at that's your that's your two options in the backfield next year, and you you know draft another or bring in another random guy for the three, and yeah, I mean you're set. Like I mm-hmm. think Damien was was solely brought in, or not solely brought in because free agency happens before the draft, but was brought in as to cover for Tariq. But then they also wanted to draft a controllable Tariq type, and they found that in Herbert, and Herbert looks yeah, looks the part. Was a, Herbert was a sixth rounder. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you can find a, a running back anywhere. That's, that's, yeah. that's what that proves. Yeah, if if Ryan Pace has been good at one thing, it's finding uh, late round offensive talent. That's the only thing he's really been good at. But let's talk about, you know, this is the. I mean, what else are we going to talk about when we talk about the Bears these days? It's Justin Fields. Um, A little more development on Sunday. They kind of took the, you know, they kind of let him play a little bit more. um, Let him take some more shots. Uh, Like I said, first drive, excellent. Uh, ability to lead the Bears down the field. He had three plays in a row that I really liked. He had a really nice uh, eleven-yard pass to Mooney. Uh, hit the hit him on the sideline in stride. Then he had a twenty-yard pass to to Robinson, and then the next play through a like thirty-yard pass down to Marquise Goodwin. He got a he got a pass interference call at the one-yard line. Set up the touchdown, Khalil Herbert. That like three plays in a row was really great to see. He seemed like he was in rhythm. He had the tempo going. Um, he seemed in control at certain points. Uh, 
Um, obviously, he's still mm-hmm. developing. He holds the ball for too long. Um, he sort of doesn't really look past his first, second read most of the time. But, I mean, those are things that are, you know, he's still learning. He's still getting used to that first first team offense. Like, the speed of the game is obviously a big factor in that. But he's showing signs of, like, positive play. Um, and a thing that Matt Nagy was saying is that coachable moments, like things that you can work out in practice, not things that are, like, hankering him are going to cause like long-term issues like he's going to work things out and he's going to get more comfortable and he has too much talent to not be successful i think in my opinion like whether that's here or somewhere else like he has too much talent to not be successful um and he has all the 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 intangibles of a, of a modern day nfl quarterback we saw him several times you know see see plays down the field people are covered he breaks out avoids rush you know picks up a first down with his legs like he has that ability mm-hmm. and also he was aggressive. Like there was that point. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and like bash the referees. Like obviously there were several moments of questionable. Well, we can, I was going to actually, we can, yeah. we can slam them in the first second yeah. here because I, I saw a clip. I, I, I texted you on Sunday and Monday and you were like, Oh, whatever. But then I like 20 minutes after I saw a clip where they lined the ball two yards outside of the hash mark. So mm-hmm. it was, let's just go out and say yeah. it was comically bad referee. Right. Like there was a, like, I mean the moment with the, with the no call on the offsides, like the neutral zone infraction, like yeah. that then created like a confused offense and nobody really knew what to do and fields took a shot downfield obviously it was an overthrow twice he did that where he kind of like threw it to the back of the end zone where nobody else was and the packers both times it was both times darnell savage caught it one time for an interception the other time he was just barely out of bounds so that was a little like what do you like were you trying to hit somebody or like were you just throwing it away like that was a little strange but i liked the aggressiveness i liked his ability to like realize what was happening and like try to use that free play even though it wasn't a free play um and everybody on the field including the announcers and even the Packers I think thought it was going to be a free play and it was no call and then the other play was the was the no the the disallowed timeout where yeah they came out of the they came out of the huddle and the play clock was already at like five and so Fields is like um he tried to turn, Scrambling call timeout, time out, yeah. and no call. Like nobody saw him, so then he, he took a five yard loss. You know, took took the five yard penalty, and then was sacked on the next play and knocked the Bears out of field goal range right before half. Mm-hmm. Like that was just unfortunate things. Like obviously, that wasn't the whole reason that the Bears lost this game. Like they just couldn't execute, and the yeah, lack of ex- the lack of explosiveness on offense is just evident. Like they're not able to outside. We talked about it. Like outside of the scripted first drive. And, you know, where they got 80 yards, like they really couldn't get much going on offense, like for the rest of the game. And that is just I mean, he's being held. It's just he's being like held back by this offense, by the play calling, by, Mm -hmm. you know, like we have the talent to produce. But it's just the, the way we're going about it is just not it's not helping anybody and it's not helping development. It's not helping, you know, whatever. So it's just a little unfortunate that we have to like. We are so excited for this first season of Justin Fields, and we have to watch him on an inept offense. You know, a team that cannot <laughs> get the ball yeah. down the field. Really, like, yeah. I mean, he's shown he's shown the moments, and he's shown like like if, if you know fun fun sparks of oh wow that's something he's got there. But I mean, when you break it down on paper, I, I, a few stats I want to point out here, and this is mostly to the lack of the offense. His PFF mm. grade 
current so far this season is 56.0 that ranks 42nd among quarterbacks his qbr is 23.2 that ranks 31st among quarterbacks and his qb rating separate stat than qbr is 67.4 that ranks 41st and then you go look at epa you know efficiency we've talked about epa and we've talked about cpoe on this podcast before he ranks dead last in both metrics only narrowly beat out by by zach wilson so and and I don't think that's his fault. Um, he has a lot of room to grow, and I don't. I, I he's showing when when the offense is designed for him to execute and designed to his strengths. Like every first drive we've seen, and a little bit of the flashes when uh, in the game when when Nagy finally turned over the play calling to Laser. Mm-hmm. We've seen positive drives, and we've seen signs, but. Uh, it, we've said it before and we said it again and we I had a feeling we were going to be saying it again when we started this season is uh, I, I'm sick of this team with Nagy like yeah it, there's just no excuse to have him coaching this team beyond this year oh yeah no and I no, know no, no, it no. hurts uh, our potential rookies development to bring in a new coach a new system and all that stuff uh, but it's happened before Baker's you know, Baker's a guy I look to because I cheer for him a, a lot. And, you know, questions still surrounding him, but last year show, showed he was able to, to buy into a new system and he survived like three systems in four years. So, or four and three years. I don't even remember. I am getting all confused now, but yeah, it, 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 you can't have the excuse of stability because the stability you're, you're getting is nothing fun. It's the stability that's, that's brought this organization mediocrity for the past five seasons. Right. And it's just, it's, I, 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 I I we had a podcast last year. I remember it coming back. I'm like, I'm sick and tired of Matt Nagy. One year later, here we are. I'm sick and tired of Matt Nagy. I've I, been sick and tired of him since 2019, man. I yeah, mean, after oh, his yeah. one, his like his first season, obviously they, you know, NFC North champions, like exciting, like one of the top ranked offenses, you know, good things came from it. But I mean, after, since then, it's just, it's brutal it's to watch. Nothing. They're averaging 16 points a game this season. You know, they're they're relying on their defense to win them games, putting together like one, one, two drives a game that are it's positive. But otherwise, it's just same old, same old. It's it's just the first now with a new shiny toy at, at quarterback instead of, you know, Trubisky or Foles or whatever. You know, it's it, yeah. Polish returned, still a turd. The first yeah. drive of every game is normally very successful and it and it can be in a lot of offensive systems you know you talk about scripting in the nfl a lot of teams come into the game knowing the first 15 to 20 plays they're going to run and when Nagy knows those plan those plays they execute to damn near perfection and it's fun to watch that's you know uh, that was the that's the drive we're talking about the 80 yard drive and the and the defense performing and it looked like hey the bears are going to compete in this game mm-hmm. and then the defense adjusts the script is done you can't repeat it again i mean you can repeat some plays if you see some things that are working but they don't they don't readjust they don't do anything and i mean effectively the final score of this game was 24 to 7 like the packers script was already ran by the time they scored a, a touchdown and besides the, the, the seven point the next touchdown was the only other offensive production aside from that first drive from the bears that day Mm-hmm. like I, 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 it wasn't effectively i mean it was 24 to 14 and there was a lot of moments where it could have changed other way but I, I, nowhere after the first quarter did it feel like it was really that close ever yeah i agree because yeah once even the bears 
got within three. I, I was just going to be my next point, but I feel like the defense has kind of lost its edge in that second yeah. half. Like they really well, just kind of so much when you're watching a team on the other side of the ball, go four and out every time and not give you a damn break. Right. And especially cause the, the, the Packers were just kind of like peppering it. I mean, and really like, I'm sure you'll get into it, but like the offense for the Packers really didn't do anything spectacularly. Like they ran the ball well, but Aaron Rodgers only 195 yards, like one of his lowest outputs he's probably ever had against the bears. And they just made plays where they needed to. That's what good teams do though. Like when they're not firing on all cylinders, right. like they make right. the plays, the, the necessary, they get the first downs. They, they, they get the ball down the field. You know, they might have two plays in a row where they get stopped, but on third down, they're getting that first. Like that's what the good teams do. And the bears mm-hmm. defense just, they couldn't get home and they couldn't make those, those stops in those situations where it was like, all right, we're one stop away. Then we get the ball back. Nope. Every time it was like first down, like first down, they just kind of peppered their way down the field. And that last drive where Rogers ran the ball in was like a dagger through the heart. It was just kind of like slow, painful. Like you knew it was coming. Like you knew at the end of this, they're going to put, they're going to score and it's going to be game over. Like it just felt like it was like a slow, painful, death i i tweeted out on sunday it was like death by a thousand paper cuts like yeah oh yeah you just like rogers was just chipping away chipping away and then just like stabbed us lit us on fire threw us into a into a you know like a big tank of gasoline exploded and then he danced (laughs) around our burning corpse like it was you know that's really how it felt that last that last touchdown drive yeah we all know what he said and what he did and blah, 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 blah. Right. But yeah, uh, the defense played well overall. I mean, holding the Packers to only 24 points is nothing to, you know, be upset about really. But just, you know, couldn't get home when they needed to. Eddie Jackson is just – he looks so lost out there, man. I mean, this guy, yeah. for all the shit Dude, he talks – done. For all – yeah, for all he talks about, for all the money he's getting paid, you know, he talks about how he, you know, there's there's a now infamous clip of him in, in training camp where he was talking to, you know, these uh, rookie uh, rookie defensive backs. And he's like, oh, none of, we don't got to tackle. Like, what are you talking about tackling drills? Like, we don't got to tackle. Like, bro, you're the worst tackler on the team. Like, you should be learning, you should be doing the tackle drills. He just is never in the right position he used to be like a ball hawk. When he first came in the league, he was a ball hawk. He was a touchdown machine. Like he would he would create so many points off off of turnovers. And he was he had a nose for the ball and he just is always out of position now. And mm-hmm. when he's in that when he's in that one on one, like gotta make a tackle, he's just not the guy to do it. And it really sucks because I thought he was gonna be like that defensive stalwart that we could like look at for 10, 15 years and be like, Eddie Jackson, that's our strong safety. Like He's our right. guy, you know. And now it's like, do we trade him? Do we do we sell while the <laughs> for what you know, a bag while, of old peanuts? I, right. I don't know. At this point, it's like, yeah, we're we're not. We, we yeah. have kind of lost out on his on his ability, and I, I hope he can make a bounce back. But it just doesn't feel every week. I feel like okay, this is like he's going to do something, but he just is always in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it just feels like things just continue to do be the same with him um yeah not not exciting uh to have him back there and and just keep can, getting burned over and over again so well the very good news is that there's a potential there's a potential out after this year okay 
Um, so that, I mean, it's an 18, 18 mil dead cap hit, but, um, I, I think it basically would be nulling and voiding his entire extension, but yeah, he is just, I mean, it, I don't think, I don't think any word describes it better than pitiful. Like it, it really mm. just is a meteoric fall off at, yeah. at, I, I I, I, it's, it's, it's a liability at this point. I mean, really, yeah. like he's not, he's not even a shell of what he was. Yeah. Our safe, our defensive backs in general, outside of Jalen Johnson have been pretty brutal this season. Um, Travis Gibson, uh, the uh, senior, the, the safety has not been very good. Kendall Vildor, he's like kindling, you know, it's just, it, it just, Without with if Jalen Johnson wasn't back there, we'd probably have the worst defensive back unit in the NFL. Um, <laughs> and not that I mean Jalen Johnson, of course, he has the task of taking on the best receiver on every team. This week it was it was Devontae Adams, and Devontae didn't you know he he didn't have a huge game. Uh, he was like Jalen Johnson was really controlling him on the outside, but when it came to that inside slot. Jalen Johnson followed him and he got toasted several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Devontae, four catches for 89 yards, no touchdowns, but still like he, again, he was the one who, when, when they needed a catch on third down, second and long, you know, that was the guy who was making those plays and Jalen Johnson was the guy who was trailing him. So yeah, tough to see. I mean, the kid is still, still developing. He's only in his second season, like his first full season as like the guy on the, in the defensive backfield, but just a little di- disappointing when, when he's, you know, supposed to be the shutdown corner and, and he's kind of getting burned, but also like everybody gets burned by De- Devonte Adams. So I really shouldn't look too much into it. Yeah. I would say, I mean, all in all, like I think actually that's more of a compliment to him than anything. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to allow some catches from Devonte. He's not going to be shut mm-hmm. out of a, of a box score. I, I don't think I've ever seen that from him and until you go back to his, you know, pre breakout, but four for 89, I was going to actually say is, you know, it was partially due to the Packers success with the ground game, but partially due to the fact that I think actually it was relatively pretty good coverage, except for when it needed to be, you know, four for 89 is, is, from a receiver like Devontae who put up 200 last week, nothing to, to spit up, spit upon as a, as a sure. defensive back. So it's all relative. I, I would, I think my general reaction to the defense is I would say, uh, you know, on the live, I, I threw out overperforming and I don't know if that's necessarily like totally true. They certainly seem to be, certainly seem to be productive in categories where it matters. The pass rush is no, nothing to be frowned upon. They they have their moments when they can stop the run sometimes. Uh, but I think what you pointed out is if, if you can, if you can hold up against the rush, the secondary is easily exploitable. And that's, you know, where the, maybe, maybe we haven't seen the extent of that, of that testiness yet, you know, from an opposing team is, you know, besides the, the, the Rams game to open up the season, I think they've been kind of able to get away with that. And yeah, and then, well, we'll see what happens this week. Cause they're about to play right. maybe the best uh, wide receiver room in the NFL. I say trio. <laughs> who's like, who, who's Jalen Johnson going to guard? Yeah. I don't even like, Pick your poison. I mean, right? Because whoever he's not going to guard is going to score a touchdown. <laughs> between Godwin, <laughs> Brown, Evans, you have those three guys you got to worry about, and then you have, of course, Gronk. Like, who mm-hmm. I'm sure will be, he'll be tagged by uh, by Roquan Smith. But 
man, it's it, it just feels like this is going to be a real like. I mean, a test for the like the a big test for this this backfield, you know, yeah. just to see how do they how do they face against adversity and when you know they're faced against a guy like Tom Brady with this you know trio of great receivers who could all be number ones in their own right. You know, do they do they back down or do they do they come up and make big plays? We'll we'll get mm-hmm. into that more on Sunday in the pregame show. But let's talk more about uh, the team that won this game, uh, <laughs> Packers. Yeah, Packers time. I, I, I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to save the, the main talking point for last. But defensively, I mean, this unit continues to impress me, um, which is a complete coin flip from what we were just, just mentioning. But the defensive line, Kenny Clark is playing I mean, ridiculous. Two sacks, both in the final drive to kind of really – you know, the final Bears drive to kind of really, really put the foot on the throat. Lowry was, Dean Lowry was playing well. Uh, you get rotation from Kiki and Lancaster coming in and pressuring when they need to. The def- defensive line held its own. The outside linebackers, um, uh, you know, Preston Smith went down with injury. That was kind of the most worrisome storyline. But for, you know, for what was needed, Gary had a QB hit, not a not a sack, but was flying around and I mean, even Jonathan Garvin who stepped in for Smith got, got his, got his own sack. So, and, and weirdly enough, those position groups played so well that, I mean, I'm going to shout him out anyways, because I think he was still pretty highly graded by PFF, but Devondre Campbell didn't need to do a whole lot. Like the linebacker mm-hmm. group as a whole, which has been having to do a, few, a, a lot of work the past few weeks, like didn't really contribute much and they didn't need it really to happen. I mean, Campbell had six tackles, and played well in coverage, but that was just pretty much it. And then the secondary, uh, this Isaac Yadam, I'm still probably saying that wrong, didn't quite work, but it's okay because after he got destroyed on uh, one of the first drives, or on the opening drive, he was the he was the pass interference committed on um, Marquise Goodwin. He Barry pulled him and put in Rasul Douglas and Rasul Douglas read the stat line. You targeted six times for three catches, 32 yards, only two yards after the catch, no touchdowns and an NFL quarterback rating of 66. Like Mm. that guy, again, like Devondra Campbell was just roaming around the streets a few weeks ago. Like the, the, the ability that Barry is showing to, and the scout team and the front office is showing to find these names and come in and help have them contribute right off the bat is, is really, really striking um, and really impressive. And they just did another one. Whitney, Whitney Merciless was released, I think on Monday from what the, f- right from the Texans and next day Packers signed them up. So you're, you're talking about, you know, mid-season ads of Merciless, Douglas, Yadam, and Jalen Smith to this defense that already was starting to show life at the beginning of the year. Um, with Devondre Campbell coming in, he was it was a beginning of the season signing, but he was you know part of the reason that was so, this unit was so surprising to start. And this just, I mean, it gets better by the week. Mm-hmm. Are you worried at all uh, about the? frankly poor performance the Packers have had in the red zone defense uh we saw it twice on Sunday they the both times the Bears got into the red zone they scored I think they've allowed like 
15 out of 15 this season when it comes to red zone uh, trips, red zone touchdowns. Like, does that worry you at all going forward? Because they're going to play a lot better teams down the road. And uh, the Bears only did get into the inside of the Packers 32 times, but both times they resulted in touchdowns. So uh, does that worry you at all going forward with this with this unit? Yeah, I mean, that's I just looked and you're absolutely right. They're the only team that's at 100 percent conversion rate. <laughs> I, I would say. I, I mean, it's not a great thing. Nobody's ever impressed by that. But. Uh, I, I don't know. It's I, it's hard to judge because you're still walking out of game after game, you know, where this defense is making key plays to 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 put away the game. True. So, you know, red villain defense is a metric and that's not a good good metric to be allowing 100% conversion rate in. But, you know, I read some of the stats last week and they continue to be top 10 in in stats like yards per uh, you know, yards per play, uh third down conversion rates, um uh you know, th- stats like that where you're getting where showing that you're getting off the field when you're not in the red zone and you're on the other 80 yards of the field. And and I think it I think it balances out. I mean, you know, should you meet up against a Bucks team who seems to have methodical drives and just score every time they walk into the red zone? That might be a worrisome thing, but I, th- thankfully we don't have to worry about that right now. And I think this defensive unit, as we just mentioned, is adding all these names in and, and you're hopefully getting guys like Preston who will be back from injury in a few weeks here. Jair coming off of his injury, um, hopefully at some point. Um, and, and we, you're missing Z already, but you had, you continue to add names back into the mix here. And this defense is still under a first year coordinator continues to grow and strengthen and understand the system more and more every week. I think there's plenty of time to not be worried, but not, not have it spelled doom for this team. Like they, it's, yeah. it's, it's still early in the season. And I'm not going to get, get all like panic level 10 on that. Sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, and this has been a team that has shown that they can rise to the occasion, especially with all the injuries. This is a, uh, I mean, a defense that is more than depleted, as as you talked about all the teams, all the people that they're missing, and acquired even more injury on Sunday. You know, Darnell Savage got a concussion. Kenny Clark was slow to get up on on a play early in the game. So, but I mean, they've been able to kind of slide people in there still playing well, still top 10 and I think rush and pass defense. So mm-hmm. ability to sort of uh, mold and shape with the injuries they've experienced has been very, uh, very good for you to see. I, I'm not going to say it was good in general, <laughs> but good for yeah, you to yeah. see. No, it's definitely good. Um, yeah, and you said this team, you know, it's something to work on. It's a, it's a facet that they certainly need to improve in. Dead last and red zone defense is not – not anything to be proud about, but the defense has shown enough complimentary that I'm not, I'm not, I, I still feel overall more confident in this unit than I have in years past. Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned the Devontae's line. Um, so we'll start there. He had five targets the entire game. And mm. that's partially due to some probably good coverage from, from Jalen Johnson, but it's also partially due to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon combining for 135 yards and a rushing touchdown and Jones also contributing through through the pass game. I mean, this just was a ground and pound game plan. They felt like they had all the control on the, at the line of scrimmage, and and in the, and at least as far as the run game was concerned, once they got you know kind of into their groove in the second and third quarters, 
they just they just leaned on it um and it and it paid off and you have a, a, a two a, a, we talked about a two-headed backfield in in um in chicago green bay's got one too these these two backs are a a, a handful for any team to deal yep. with and Dylan finally, you know, he's starting to show some consistency here. Two, three weeks now of solid production from him, and it's not anything that like you're, you know, he'll he'll punch in for a TD here and there. He's mostly going to finish with ten carries for 50, 60 yards, but like that alone, like that's you're talking about like a five-ish yard per carry pace there. And he was the entire the back the entire final drive of the game. I just you know the ability to switch paces and have Aaron Jones, who's a shifty and hard to tackle as he is. And then AJ Dillon just come in and just pound the ball just straight up the middle down your throat. Um, and, and then again, he, you know, even he's shown flash in the passing game. Like it is just, it's poetry in motion. And, and the offensive line, which has been dominant is, is you know, is soon to get David Boxiari back. He joined the team, um, practicing this week he's not off of the pup list yet but he's designated to at some point and he will return before i think it's uh, um you know this is the first week he was eligible to return and he's looking like he's progressing towards that so you're, you're getting your you're one of your most impactful players back and with the team again and and and, and <laughs> that's <laughs> nothing to ever frown about mm-hmm yeah, that's that's huge uh, when you get a guy like that back on your offensive line. And yeah, I mean, A.J. Dillon has really stepped into that role, that that hole that Jamal Williams left. And he's he's really stepped up, especially for a guy who really did not get a ton of run last year uh, when it came to the running back position uh, as a rookie. And now in his second year, getting more touches and obviously showing out when he when he does have that opportunity. Yeah, he had his arrival against Tennessee last year in that snowy like That's last right. second to last yes. week of the season game. Um, but and it, it didn't really immediately pick off right from the beginning at the start of this year, but it is now it's back. He AJ Dillon is is what they draft what they drafted him to be and what they thought he would be. And and you're more to your point, um, you know, again, the late round running backs. Jones was like a fifth round pick. Jamal Williams, who you mentioned left last Crazy. year, was a fourth round pick, and Dylan was mm-hmm third or maybe a second uh no deguara was the second i don't know yeah he i would was, say he's at least third or fourth I say I mean, was it a, just goes to show never draft a running back in the first round like point blank yeah. period saquon barkley who <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah no and then and then the you know saving the best for last uh i still own you um I, and i don't even want to really dwell on that the moment was funny enough in itself no, i mean it, it was it, it it will live on in rivalry lore for yeah. years to come, and and it's it the banter back and forth is perfect. I mean, no, I, I feel like people were you know on the Bears side were 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 reactionary and not to the point where they should be. Obviously, that's not fun to sit and watch your rivals' great quarterback who's dominated for twenty years remind you verbally that he does that. Yeah, yeah. but but like. You also had the, we were talking about before we were recording, like the picture of like 40 Bears fans in that corner, just giving them the bird. And what he mentioned, like, it's, it's the beauty of it all. You know, I mean, and it's like, we can't argue. We can't be yeah. like, no, you don't. Like, yeah, he does. Like, he's owned us pretty much his entire career. Like, yeah, he's I've 22, seen some, what, 22 and five against the Bears five, all time. Yeah. He owns us. We haven't, we've, we haven't beat them. We beat them three times in a decade. Like, 
it's yeah. it is what it is. Obviously, it sucks, and I don't want to hear that. I don't want him to be saying that. If but also if it was any other quarterback against any other team, I would think it was hilarious. Like if that oh, was yeah. Rodgers, if that was Rodgers to like Detroit fans or Minnesota fans, like I would think it's hysterical. Or like Tom Brady to Falcons fans, whatever. I would think it was great. But the fact right. that it was Aaron Rodgers doing that stupid discount double check shit again DJ Raji back in my face feels like it was in the (laughs) same exact spot of the end zone and everything like and just like I was saying that last drive it was like you knew it was coming it was like they like slowly inserting the knife and then it was like jam like yep I own you bitch like <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it was beautiful um yeah and and that's why we also wanted to mention that the did you see um brady congratulating aaron Rodgers and for becoming a bear shareholder <laughs> yeah that, that no was, i did I, not see that fuck you tom brady what down <laughs> is it bitch like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no the quote was so funny i wanted to congratulate say congrats to aaron Rodgers. Um, Brady said before discussing film of the Bears and Packers, I think this was on a show of, oh, it was on his XM radio appearance, appearance. And okay. he goes, obviously, I know he's a great quarterback, but I guess he's now a shareholder of the Bears. I saw a clip of him really enthusiastically <laughs> telling the crowd how happy he is to own Soldier Field. And wow. that's really great stuff. He owns the Bucks now, part owner of Soldier Field. So he's got a great career beyond football. <laughs> Shut up, Tom Brady. Then, then, then they went on to ask him if he can lay claim to upstate New York. And he said, no, not yet, because he's 32-3 and three against the Bills. Brady, I'm pretty sure you can claim that. Um, yeah, I would say and, that's and pretty then, fair to say that. But then he said he was a little little clearer when asked about New York City, considering he's 30 and 8 against the Jets. And he said, oh, no, I'll just take the color green. I don't need the Jets. I'll just own the color green. I think that's a bit better. <laughs> he's he's still he's I think his best trash talk comes like off the field, like in little interview. Like he's just gotten so funny in that. And mm-hmm. that's especially since after joining the Bucks, like he, he kind of like ditched the Patriot way and he's just on his own right now. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. But anyways, we're digressing here. We're not a Tom Brady fandom podcast. We're an Aaron Rodgers fandom Definitely podcast. Not. At least half of us are. Definitely um, not. That. <laughs> so I, I more want to focus on, uh, comments afterwards rogers doesn't need to have his play dissected um as you mentioned the drive was was perfect you know the t- the, t- the celebration was perfect um but but the two biggest things and I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago in the podcast and and i saw an article about it and i'm going to keep saying it it is really really starting to feel like the tide is turning um from that postseason the 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 offseason narrative you know eight months ago give or take we sat and watched him at the uh you know post-game press conference saying a lot of futures are are, are up in the air including my own then we had the entire draft you know an off-season saga we don't need to go in all the details but it really looked like at some point that he was going to retire or maybe get traded or blah 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 and i think if you still go on NFL media to this day, NFL social media, not NFL, and I'm talking fandom wise, not the actual NFL accounts, is there's a lot of of still speculation and people convinced that he's going to Pittsburgh or he's going to Denver or he's going to Miami or, or somewhere that's not Lambeau. And I said I, I don't think that's realistic anymore. I think it's starting to turn the other way. Um, he mentioned his post-game presser. Um, he said the visit to Soldier Field didn't feel like it's his last one. And anyone asked to clarify on his weekly uh, Pat McAfee appearance, he said, 
when I walked off the field, it just didn't feel like the last time for whatever reason. And now this is a man of mystique and vague and all those bull crappies, Hollywood and whatever he wants to do. But that seems like pretty concrete wording that like, um, he, he's changed his tune and at least in my mind, or he's considering not leaving, you know, it, like not leaving has not, is not, is, is certainly a strong option and follows that up with a quote that I definitely has not made the national media rounds as much as that quote has. Um, but he was asked on Wednesday in, in his media appearance, uh, like he was, um, uh, he was asked, I, I think more, you know, questions following that comment and, you know, as I'm sure he does every week is asked about like what his thoughts are. Um, but he, he, he replied with this, this season is beginning to remind me a little bit of a season over a decade ago where we had a number of injuries and in the course of a season added certain pieces of the mix that ended up paying a, playing a big role down the line. I think you guys can imagine what season I'm talking about, which is a good thing. Any Packers fan knows that that is the 2010 season where they snuck into the wild card and won the Super Bowl. Um, and and when he's talking about a season starting to recapture that magic, that kind of plays exactly into what the Packers front office needed to do. Really make him feel like this is his scenario. This is his team. Mm-hmm. This is his situation. He has a say. He has control. These are all the things he's asked for, and you had to prove it to him that he could get that. That was part of the deal. Is like, hey, I wanted, I wanted, I want to still be with you guys. I want to play in, in Lambo again, but I also want an option that if it didn't go the way I wanted to, like I want to leave. And he has that power. Like he and the, the Packers gave that to him. I think Packers still the Packers still control much of the contract scenario, but he's got a year taken off. The contract can be voided pretty easily. Um, you know, you heard but there's also he's still playing an entire season in Green Bay and five and one. Um only at five and oh, like I said, you can basically call the New Orleans game a preseason game. Five and one. In, well, right. The record officially holds the record officially holds five and one, but five straight wins. How about that? Is yeah. that a better way to frame it? Five straight wins. Sure. Yeah. That is and that's literally this, what it is. And this well, right, but I'm not framing it as five and oh. Um, but it is five and oh. Um, but the official record's five and one. Anyways, it's it's it, the the storyline and the positivity surround this surrounding the season seems to grow week by week and with that i think as rogers is alluding to in these comments the confidence that he will be around next year and beyond yeah i mean i don't see why he wouldn't be uh excited right now obviously they did make moves to you know supplement the talent on this roster making moves towards a super bowl instead of kind of like trying to develop pieces for the future yeah exactly that sort of thing um it'll be interesting though i mean obviously he was in a good mood all last year until the season ended abruptly and then things were different um you know he was league mvp all the above it'll really come down to i think it'll really come down to what happens this offseason with um with Devonte adams um yeah. And I know he I know he still doesn't like the idea of having that guy, but, you know, breathing down his neck and Jordan Love. Um, I think that was definitely like a, a kind of a right. The a, love sh- a shot in his direction. Like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, we, watch your back kind of thing. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think there's definitely reason to be optimistic, but. I mean, you've always been optimistic throughout this whole thing, so I'm, I'm honestly not surprised that you feel this way. Yeah, but yeah, I'm more. It's a long season. It's a, it's long, a long season. Th- it's only we're only six weeks in. 
Uh, things could definitely change. But I think for right now, obviously, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be excited about what's going on. And yeah. he really hasn't even been playing to his like top level, no. I don't think, at all. Not even really at, at close. No. Um, but he hasn't really had to. So we'll see what happens going forward. And if they continue on this path and continue to to you know grind out these wins, and like we talked about last episode, the seat, the, the schedule is going to start getting much much tougher. They really haven't had a ton mm. of tests to begin this season. Um, so you go, you know, now you go uh, Washington, which is can always be tricky. You're going to have a game against Kansas City. You're going to have a game against Arizona. A game against Seattle. Now things can start really kind of seeing where things shake out. And we can kind of get a better idea of, okay, like, what is the future of this team? But as of right now, and I'm sure coming off a victory in Soldier Field where he put the game on ice, like, he's going to be riding high. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, still still a lot of things to figure out. I think I think he – I have always been optimistic. You're absolutely right about that. I I even – before the offseason – was before he had decided I had felt that the the tide was turning towards him coming back. Um, But I think the biggest thing to take away from this is it's not personally, my optimism is there is real reason Rogers is in his mystical, like I said, vague ways, giving you reason to have positive feelings and positive hope or hope Mm -hmm. for for the future. You know, you, you mentioned last season, he was certainly happy last season, but there was, you know, the whole season was played under that, that there, he was trying part of the motivation of last season. And it doesn't take uh, a detective to spot this is that he was trying to show the Packers up. Like he was trying to show the front office up. He loves his teammates. He loves his team and he loves the fans, but the feud has always been with the front office, but there hasn't been any of those like passive aggressive shots, or as you mentioned, the look over your shoulder comments, the, um, you know, best interest in mind comments, things like that. That's where this feels, feels different as a, as, as, as the tone that is coming out of his, his words and his actions. Yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see it. Um, Again, we'll be interested to see where things go. We got a lot of a lot of football ahead of us. Still, twelve more weeks um, with this extended season. So, you know, still a lot of things that can change, and it's going to be very oh, yeah. exciting going forward. Um, got anything else to add before we get out of here? Nope that's that's pretty much it. Just a reminder that we we are going to go live yet again on Sunday. Follow our yeah. Twitter. We'll figure out what we're going to go live before the games kick off, as mm-hmm. we normally do um get it going and and break down our things and fantasy player of the week oh we didn't even talk about that did we oh yeah um yeah well quickly i mean you did poorly uh yeah but i'm gonna count as half win because i was debating between two guys i just went the wrong way no no (laughs) no you lost you lost lost. my guy had zero i had one target getting the hauled in (laughs) it's a big old goose egg there's no there's no coming back from that whereas i am a becoming slowly becoming a fantasy wizard um so everyone better get on the train while it's while it's chugging because it's gonna leave the station real soon uh and uh, ricky seals jones came through for me touchdown i, I think can't he wait for you to catch- say that and have you be the one who gooses this week <laughs> six catch for 58 yards yeah, i have goose i've goosed several times this season yeah, so, that's I, true. so i'm you know i've been i've been there what are um, but you, i think you, I'm th- i guess I'm, I'm three and three now am, and am i two and four oof Shit, Tough. I suck at this stuff, huh? Tough. After, right, after gonna a great have to find start. a good pick this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tune in Sunday, as Evan said, uh, on our Instagram, uh, war.on.94pod. We'll have our live pregame show before the Packers play the 
Washington football team and the Bears travel to Tampa to play the defending Super Bowl champs. But if we have nothing else to add, as always, thanks everybody for listening. We are the War 94 podcast. You can find all of our info in the in the uh, bio. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, like, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, share with your friends, your enemies, your rivals, your teachers, your lawyers, your doctors, all the above. For Evan, this is Frank. We will see you later. Peace. Go Browns.